48K News. It's one o'clock. I'm Steve Dunthorne. The headlines, RTHK's advisers say they'll set up a task force to ensure it sticks to its charter. The Labour minister says the worst is still to come as unemployment rises and a green group calls on people to turn to reusable masks as millions go to waste each day. The chairman of RTHK's board of advisers, Eugene Chan, says the board will set up a task force to study ways to make sure the station's programmes are in line with its charter. Speaking after meeting the Commerce Secretary, Edward Yao, Mr Chan said it was important that the public broadcaster fulfilled its role by producing accurate and impartial programmes, as well as shows that promote national identity and the understanding of the One Country, Two Systems principle. I want to appeal to everyone in Hong Kong not to give up on RTHK because we do hear some people are disappointed. Naturally, we all are, but I can assure you we will do our best to uphold the charter and support RTHK to be better tomorrow. We all, actually one common thing we have consensus is we support RTHK. We want it to thrive. And if we have done something wrong, then we have to learn and do better next time. The board requested the meeting after the Communications Authority issued a strong warning over comments by a guest host on an opinion programme about police raids at universities last year. However, the Director of Broadcasting, Lin Ka Wing, was not invited. Meanwhile, an actor has defended his role in a sketch in RTHK's headliner programme that was the subject of a warning from the Communications Authority. The watchdog found the skit to be factually incorrect and insulting towards police. Actor Wang Hei, who was also a former police officer, said nobody could harm the public's opinion of the police except the force itself. Mr Wong said headliner had a history of more than 30 years and he questioned why the government was suddenly intolerant of political satire. We produce the program in uh, ordinary procedures and we go through different departments and a lot of people had have their eyes on the procedure and they knew what we done from concept to script to the product. The one who can insult police is police. Let's say if a bus driver trafficking in dangerous drugs, does those offense will insult the police officer? No. But a police officer trafficking in DD, it makes disgraceful to the, to the force. So uh, who can insult the police officers is only the police officers. The Secretary for Labour and Welfare, Lo Chi Kuang, has warned that Hong Kong's unemployment rate will continue to rise as the coronavirus pandemic ravages the economy. The government said on Tuesday that the SAR's jobless rate for the three months to April reached a 10-year high of 5.2%. Speaking on RTHK's Money Talk programme, Mr Law said the worst wasn't over, but he said unlike the SARS period in 2003, employers were keen to keep their staff, although many had been asked to take pay cuts or unpaid leave. And that is the major reason behind that uh, since last month we've been talking about employment support and we will be rolling out such a program by next Monday uh, because uh, the intention of employers are trying to keep the employees no matter whether they are having only a reduced salary or perhaps uh, some no pay leave, they, they want to wait and see if when the economy comes back they will be able to get back as soon as they can. The Greeners Action Group has urged people to use reusable face masks after seeing millions of masks dumped at landfills every day. The government has estimated around 4 to 6 million masks are used in Hong Kong a day, amounting to 10 to 15 tonnes of waste being disposed of daily at landfills.
The Green Group says the figure is alarming and it's urging people to consider non-disposable masks now that the COVID-19 situation is less severe. Angus Howe is its executive director. I would always like to try to reduce or to expand the facial mask, especially uh, nowadays uh, the Hong Kong situation uh, seems is more uh, not, not so stressed. For the normal people, I think uh, we can try to reduce the facial mask or use some kind of maybe the cover or the, uh, a filter which is, can be reusable or refillable filter so that we can extend the life cycle of the facial mask. The Foreign Ministry's office in Hong Kong has strongly criticised the US Secretary of State, Mike Pompeo, for comments about the SAR that it said amounted to blatant interference in China's domestic affairs. A spokesman accused Mr Pompeo of blackmailing the Hong Kong administration. It said Beijing would safeguard its sovereignty, security and development interests. Speaking overnight, Mr Pompeo had said it was difficult for Washington to assess whether Hong Kong still enjoys a high degree of autonomy. In Hong Kong, our decision on whether or not to identify Hong Kong as having a high degree of autonomy from China is still pending. We're closely watching what's going on there. This week, pro-democracy legislators were manhandled while trying to stop a procedural irregularity by pro-Beijing legislators. Leading Hong Kong activists like Martin Lee and Jimmy Lai were hauled into court. Actions like these make it more difficult to assess the Hong Kong remains highly autonomous from mainline China. The vice chairman of Ocean Park, Lam Ming-wei, has dismissed lawmakers' suggestions for partial emergency funds, saying the entire $5.4 billion is needed for the park to stay afloat for a year. Several lawmakers have said they want to approve a smaller sum of money so the park could, for example, operate for six months or just take care of its animals. Mr Lau said this wasn't viable. In the $5.4 billion funding, uh, about $1.1 billion is for operational expenses. The, the reason why uh, funding only that part doesn't work is because we have creditors, be they banks, be they sponsors, be they suppliers, be they employees, people who we owe money to. And it only takes uh, one of them to sue us to proceed with liquidation uh, proceedings. And then there will be no conservation. There'll be nothing. The Ombudsman, Winnie Chu, has announced that her office is starting an investigation into the state of playgrounds at public housing estates after noting reports over the years that many are in poor condition, outdated and uninspiring. The watchdog said the playground served as the major outdoor pleasure area for residents, so safety was crucial. Overseas, the World Health Organization says 106,000 new coronavirus cases have been reported, the most in a single day since the outbreak began. Speaking in Geneva, its head, Dr Tedros Adhanom Ghebreyesus, said the vast majority were in just four countries. We still have a long way to go in this pandemic. We're very concerned about the rising numbers of cases in low- and middle-income countries. And WHO is supporting member states to ensure supply chains remain open and medical supplies reach health workers and patients. The Brazilian government has authorised the use of two anti-malarial drugs to treat COVID-19 at the first onset of symptoms. President Jair Bolsonaro has promoted the use of chloroquine and hydroxychloroquine, though there's no conclusive evidence they work. Patients will have to sign a waiver recognising their potential side effects. The World Health Organization's Dr Michael Ryan says that there's no proof they're useful.
at this stage, uh, hydroxychloroquine, norochloroquine, have been found to be effective in the treatment of COVID-19 or in the prophylaxis against uh, coming down with the disease. In fact, the opposite uh, in, in that uh, warnings have been issued by many authorities regarding the potential side effects of the drug. Last week, Brazil's health minister resigned after less than a month in the job over the president's insistence on recommending the drugs. Bolivia's health minister has been detained on suspicion of corruption over the purchase of overpriced ventilators for COVID-19 patients. Marcelo Navajas and four other officials are being questioned by police after the health ministry allegedly paid more than twice the actual price for 170 machines. The president, Janine Aines, said an investigation was underway. How is it possible that someone is trying to rob Bolivians amid the sacrifices that we're going through? I want to commit to three things in front of all of you, to work so that every stolen dollar is returned, to pledge to use the full force of the law against those who have committed acts of corruption. I've instructed investigators to get to the bottom of this issue, no matter who falls. Donald Trump's former personal lawyer Michael Cohen is due to be released from prison later tonight as authorities try to reduce the number of inmates because of the threat of COVID-19. He's expected to serve the rest of his three-year sentence at home. Mr Cohen was jailed last May after pleading guilty to campaign finance fraud and lying to Congress. Here's the BBC's David Willis. Michael Cohen worked for Donald Trump for more than a decade, serving as his personal lawyer and, in his own words, Mr Trump's fixer. He admitted paying money to two women, the adult film actress known as Stormy Daniels and a former Playboy model, Karen McDougal, both of whom claimed in the run-up to the 2016 election that they had affairs with Mr Trump. Michael Cohen insisted that he acted at Mr Trump's direction in making the hush money payments. Mr Trump has denied having an affair with either of the women. Two men wanted on suspicion of helping the former Nissan boss Carlos Ghosn escape from Japan have been arrested in the United States. Mr Ghosn flew to Lebanon after fleeing bail last year. He'd been charged with under-reporting his income and misusing company funds. Here's the BBC's Barbara Pletosha. Court papers tell the tale of an escape plot facilitated by a former US Special Forces soldier, Michael Taylor, and his son Peter. They say the elder Mr. Taylor and a Lebanese accomplice flew into Japan in December with two large black boxes. They claim to be musicians carrying audio equipment, but instead are alleged to have helped Carlos Ghosn hide in one of the boxes, which they then loaded onto a private jet. Two days later, Mr. Ghosn showed up in Lebanon. The younger Mr. Taylor was arrested in Boston on Wednesday as he prepared to travel to Lebanon. Prosecutors said he and his father posed a flight risk and must remain in detention while the U.S. awaits a formal extradition request from Japan. In financial news, a short time ago, the Hang Seng Index was at 24,406. That is just three points up on the previous close. In currencies, the U.S. dollar is trading at 107.62 yen. The euro stands at one U.S. dollar and nine cents. And the pound is worth nine Hong Kong dollars and 45 cents. Now to sport, here's Atom Chung. The Liverpool manager Jurgen Klopp says he's optimistic about the chances of completing the English Premier League football season as the leaders return to training in small groups yesterday. Klopp's side were just two wins away from ending a 30-year wait to lift the title when the season halted more than two months ago due to the coronavirus pandemic. 
Six positive tests of COVID-19 were detected in the Premier League's first round of tests on players and staff ahead of a return to training this week. At the start of the outbreak, Klopp accepted football should be suspended if it would help to save even one life. But the German now believes it's safe for players to return to phase one of training. Over the moon, I would say. Like, I couldn't wait for, for, for a while now. I'm really happy that we, that we are able to do this um, again. I always said um, it's, we don't want to rush anything, but I don't think it's, it's rushed. I think it's really, it's for the first, for the first step. It's for the, for this kind of the social distancing training. Um, that we have five players. Everybody knows how big a football pitch is. It will be probably four players and a goalkeeper. So yeah, we will be, um, we were already creative and we will be creative. Watford defender Adrian Mariapa says he's one of three people who tested positive for COVID-19 at the club. The Jamaica International said he had no symptoms and felt as fit as ever. He added it's quite scary how you can feel absolutely fine and not really have left the house and yet still get the virus. His captain Troy Deeney had earlier voiced concerns over the safety of returning and said he won't take part in group sessions. And Golo Kante of Chelsea is another player who decided to miss training due to fears over the virus. Meanwhile, the Sheffield United manager Chris Wilder says all of his players are happy to return to training during the pandemic. Wilder says he would respect any player's decision. They are opinionated. They've got their own points of view, as Troy has. I understand and respect any player's point of view, and they have that decision to make. The Disney World Resort in Orlando has emerged as the clear frontrunner to host NBA games as the league moves toward returning to the court after plays stopped for more than two months during the COVID-19 pandemic. The NBA is in advanced talks with Disney about using the site as a hub to revive the season. Orlando is expected to serve as the only host city for games featuring all 30 teams. The NBA has yet to indicate when play will resume. Team owners are set to be aiming for a mid-July return after a few weeks of training. And that's your look at sports. To end the news, another look at our top stories. RTHK's advisers tell the government they'll set up a task force to ensure that the public broadcaster sticks to its charter. The Labour minister says the worst is still to, still to come as the unemployment rate rises. And an environmental group calls on people to turn to reusable masks as millions are going to waste every day. And that's the news from RTHK.
And welcome to today's 123 show uh, with me, Noreen Mir, this Thursday afternoon. Thursday, the 21st of May, is today's date. A big thank you to Phil for the morning brew. Thank you, Phil. And we do have a rather busy show today, so let's get starting. Just after half past one, we'll be chatting to yoga practitioner Neelam Hajani from Inspire Yoga. And uh, she's just launched a brand new online coaching program. And it really is a way to help people restore their physical, mental and emotional health. So we'll be hearing a little bit more about how yoga can achieve that. And uh, after two o'clock, as Ramadan is uh, coming to an end and Muslims uh, get ready for the festival of Eid, Sadia Osbani reflects on the month and also the impact of COVID-19. And uh, Sadia will be joining us after the two o'clock news for a bit of Thursday's Chinwag. And after 2.30, Sadie Kay is back. And this week, uh, Sadie will be exploring the relationship between bipolar disorder and creativity with virtual reality dance maker Eugenia Kim. And uh, in this week's Mental Ideas, which is just after the half past two news. And finally, uh, we end uh, with a little feature that Andrew Dambina has done. And Andrew uh, finds out about a local interior design competition that's uh, open 